Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Rosalind Renee, and welcome to another episode. So I am coming to you very, very random. It's not random in the time that this episode will be released, but in me recording was very random. I was in my quiet time this morning with God. And first, let me just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To everyone who sends me a message, who reposts my podcast, who shares when I post it on Facebook, I appreciate you so much. You have no idea how much you sharing the podcast with anyone, whether you're just reposting it, sending it to a friend. I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude to God because what I do and what I share with you all is not me. It is absolutely 100% the Holy Spirit. And for him to, for God to just use my story to pour back into your life, whatever area of your life you may be in, is a blessing. I have cried multiple times this morning. So I may even have some like thug tear residue going on right now. But My heart is so full of gratitude and joy from just hearing people listen to the podcast. I don't know how it impacts you, um, but just knowing that you listen makes me feel so thankful to God for his grace, that he loves his children enough for him to lead you in whatever way to the podcast, whether it's a post you see, whether it's somebody sending it to you. That is not by chance. And so this podcast actually is just going to be a word of encouragement. I felt so led to press record today because I felt so encouraged during my quiet time with God. And I just felt an overflow of just wanting to share with you. So I have no idea how this podcast will go. I don't I have like one scripture and two sets of notes. uh, Well, two like sentences of notes, but I'm really just going to talk. So Whatever I say right now is absolutely 100% the Holy Spirit. So whatever you receive from this is God's message to you. So besides me having had cried this morning, I've been in a space of I'm in therapy. And one of the things that I, I went to therapy on January 1st. So I started my year with going to therapy and 
I went into my therapist's office. We normally, our process and when we start our sessions is we sit down, we pray, either me or her, and we just kind of start with my review of what I'm feeling. And as we were talking, um, we were kind of going through just uh, kind of some homework that she gave me to work on. But we went into kind of this... um, she gave me some scriptures basically to dwell on and I will be transparent with you all. One of my biggest struggles is confidence and that may seem as a surprise because I'm talking on a microphone to you, but I struggle so much with confidence, but if I'm relaying it in the spiritual way in my relationship with God, my confidence in God, a lot of times is lacking. And I struggle with the faith and trusting one that God is with me through everything Two, that when I make a mistake or I feel like I've sinned against him or I have to kind of fit this standard in this box of who he is. I feel like he's angry with me or he doesn't approve of me or I have to kind of fit this perfect way of being a Christian that I feel like sometimes I don't get to be myself that because I can't be myself, God doesn't love me or doesn't approve of me. And so that can feel very overwhelming as a person who when you do know God or when you know God's spirit, it can feel really hard to feel like. Well, I know what God feels like and I know what it's like when I'm with him or when I'm in the presence of God. But when I'm just kind of going in my day to day life and I feel like God doesn't love me or isn't there for me, it feels almost like, why do I feel empty? And so she was talking to me about, you know, um, my my therapist is a therapist that does absolutely talk about, you know, I, I say all the time those daily practices because she believes definitely that when you do something every day, it becomes a habit and it and it makes it easier to overcome something when it's already a part of your daily life. And so that's why I've kind of really gotten to the practice of spending time with God since I've been seeing her really seeking scriptures, doing affirmations, all of these things. So she talked to me about, have you been doing your affirmations? And I said, ah, no, I haven't. Um, and I'm actually working on sending out doing working on my email list so that I can send you all my actual personal affirmations to say to yourself but she was kind of saying well you know you need to do that because that helps with building your confidence and basically what we talked about is my struggle is the enemy attacks my mind and I believe that that's every Christian's struggle is the mind because I explained this in the past where God give, God has given his children the ability to be creative, to um, make what we want come to pass with faith in him. And so faith and belief, I do believe it's all in the mind and the heart. And so I struggle with staying in line with where I feel like my faith is. Um, and my trust in God, because I have negative thoughts that come to my mind all the time. I beat myself up all the time. I just think that I struggle with telling myself I'm not good enough to do this. Why would God want me to do this? I'm not um, the I don't have a lot of followers on Instagram. Like, you know, you weigh your worth in so many areas that don't mean nothing like 
those things don't mean nothing in God's eyes. And so I think when you look at your life, it can often feel like there's never nothing good enough to make you equal in the eyes of God. And I think what I realized when I was in session with her was, gosh, I'm, I've been in therapy a year and I still have not moved past confidence. Like I'm still not confident. I'm still not confident. And what we talked about was that God's view of me is not based on anything that I do. I don't have to do anything for God to approve me. And that is something that I will say is a challenge to learn and feel like when you've been hurt by people or you've gone through so much darkness or that you feel like you're depressed and you have a hard time feeling like you can pull yourself out of it. You don't feel like you're good enough in God's eyes because it's like, if I'm sad, why would God allow me to be sad? Why would he allow me to be in a space where I'm depressed? That doesn't feel like what God would want when everybody speaks all these good things of God. And it's like, oh, my God. But I'm going to be real with y'all. Like sadness happens. Like I have felt sad recently, Um, not at the point of being depressed, but there are times where I get down on myself like, Lord, you know, I want this podcast to reach more people. I want, you know, you to make your way. And it's like, Lord, I don't, this is probably the only thing that I feel like I'm doing that I feel like is good, even though I have so many other blessings in my life, but it can be easy to beat yourself up based on where you are. And so when we were talking about the affirmations, I kind of just said to her, like, um, my struggle is also perfectionism. I struggle with feeling like I have to have everything in order in order for me to do something. So when she was asking me something very simple related to the affirmation, she read a couple scriptures out. I'll tell you what they are because I've I started writing them down every day. But more so, she is encouraging me to see God's view of me. My word for this year is worthiness. And I have seen the fabric of worthiness, even in the last three days of the new year, just pan out the way it has panned out. Um, And I do feel like this year I will walk out of 2019 feeling extremely worthy and extremely like set in God, God's view of me. I'm not really kind of going into the year with, you know, the thing of intention and, execution like I feel like that's gonna come with me feeling worthy of doing something I want to feel like the foundation of God's view of me is set I don't want to feel like I gotta do 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 to feel okay to God I think when we walk in purpose it's not about you doing anything it's about who what is your relationship with God What does God view you as? How do you view God? And then from you and God being in a place where you all are in alignment, the execution will happen. The diligence will happen. There will be a change when you when God gives you strategy. But we try to always go ahead of the horse and don't get the person that knows us and can give us the strategy first. So I wanted to approach this year with a sense of knowing I want to know fully, okay, Lord, I've dealt with my baggage. At least I feel like I have dealt with my baggage. Now I need to really redefine the way that my relationship is with you because I don't want to continue to walk and feeling like I got to beat myself up 
to get back in right standard with you. Like, I don't want to feel like, oh God, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Let me go to the word. It's like, Lord, I want to have my heart be in a place where I can go to your word and be excited because I want to know who you are. So, and like I said, I've been emotional today, so I may sound even like I'm going to cry because I probably will. But so when we were talking, she was naming these scriptures out to me and I was just like struggling with accepting them. So one of the scriptures was Ephesians 2.10. And I definitely recommend, I put these scriptures in the show notes. I definitely recommend that you go through these scriptures and dissect them. Take some time to write scripture. That is a practice I'm going to implement this year and really like looking at scriptures and dissecting the words in the scriptures and dissecting could be looking up in the dictionary what the words mean um, to get a better understanding of what they are. So Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do good do the good things he has planted for us long ago so basically what she did with me is like what do you what do you think of when you think of a masterpiece and so I was describing her the picture that came in my mind is like these museums that have these beautiful paintings that are they've been painted thousands of years ago and people still view them as amazing and she was like so think of the scripture in a sense of you are God's masterpiece the creator of the universe, you are his absolute beauty, beautiful masterpiece. And when you feel down, you don't feel like God's masterpiece. You feel like, I don't want to say a bad word on here, but you don't feel great. Okay. And sometimes it's just like, Lord, I just feel like crap. I don't feel like your masterpiece. But for her to say that it was like really uncomfortable for me. And so I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to say this when I say I, when I say this, I mean it because I'm still even processing that I'm God's masterpiece. I don't often feel like that. The enemy will attack me to make me feel like I am not God's best. And truly, if the Bible is saying that we are his masterpiece, it's like. You mean to tell me that I am 100 like I'm one of those paintings that people come to see. That's beautiful. And that's just a painting. I am God's workmanship completely made beautiful in his eyes. Why wouldn't I feel amazing or feel equally good in his eyes? I I hope I'm explaining this right. But I'm saying this to say, you know, y'all, this isn't a struggle for me. I don't even feel like the masterpiece. So I'm going to go to the next scripture. Um, It was... Isaiah 6, 64, 8. Um, and it says, and yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are formed by your hand. So first of all, let me say this. I struggle with the word father because I do feel like I have an amazing stepfather. Amazing. But growing up, I didn't really necessarily have the best relationship with my dad or let alone had a relationship with him. Even now, we don't really even we don't talk on the phone. We text each other (laughs) and our text messages are like Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. 
And I do, I do feel like there is a sense of sometimes feeling like I don't really know what a father is oftentimes because I feel like throughout all the stuff that I have felt with my dad as a child, I felt a lot of the responsibility of forming a relationship was on me. And so feeling like there's this work that I have to do to feel like you're my father or you're I'm your daughter is always like a work in my mind. So to to struggle with the word father looking at God, I look at my God, I look at God as my dad, period. Besides my stepfather, he's phenomenal. But even with God, looking at God, it often sometimes feels like because I've felt like so much responsibility has been weighed on me as a daughter that I have to do so much to feel like I'm taken care of by God. So when I when I see our father, I struggle with that word often. Like I don't it, mm, it can feel like, Lord, what does a father do? Like, I don't really have a good definition of what a father is. Like, do you take care of your daughters? Like, do you tell them advice about men? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I look at a father as one of those very picture perfect people that just love their kid. I don't know what that feels like. So even God is having to redefine to me what a father is. I've even had to get more of an example recently from learning from my stepfather who's been in my life for probably the past five years and I'm 28 so my 20s I'm just now experiencing what it's like to have somebody that loves you cares about you calls you who talks to you about you know when you're struggling with when when I was um dating my uh husband when we were boyfriend and girlfriend who listens to me, who gives me advice, who tells me they're proud of me. Like that to me is very, it's a challenge when you've never had it. So when I think now, when I look at the Lord and I look even a step above that, it's like, you really do take care of me. You, what does that mean? So she was really with me in this session, helping me dissect what these words mean in the Bible. So we went on to say, you know, okay, and 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 yet, oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. And she said, what do you think of when you think of clay? And I was telling her, clay to me in my eyes is like this unformed thing. And God, the father or God being the potter, if you take your hands off the clay, the clay is going to splatter everywhere. But the potter has to keep his hands on the clay at all times in order to form it into what it wants it to be. And so it made me think God's hand is always on me, even when I feel like I'm unformed or I'm not perfect or I don't or I'm not into this masterpiece is what the Bible says is. God's hand is always on me. He has to keep his hands on me to form me to, into who I am. And the scripture goes goes on to say, we all are formed by your hand. So this challenge that I feel with feeling worthy to be formed by God or that I'm his daughter or that I'm his masterpiece is hard. Like, it's not easy. It Like, 
it's hard, y'all. I, I'm not even going to lie and tell you this is not easy for me at all. So when I'm bringing you these podcast episodes, I'm really going in depth about and I'm really haven't probably been as vulnerable as I have been in, as I am in this podcast. As I feel like I'm feeling open to share the truth. I'm not coming to you as somebody who knows everything or coming to you as this perfect person. Please do not get it twisted when I tell you that even though I'm on this microphone and I'm talking to you, that I feel fully confident in my relationship with God all the time. I do not. So I'm with you when I tell you that it is a struggle sometimes. You don't have to feel like because you're doing a podcast or you may not feel like you got a lot of followers or you're doing something on Instagram or you're doing something on social media or in your life in general or in a job that is paying you with your worth that you're not still God's child. What we see is not who we are. Who, how God sees us is who we are. So that takes time. And this is why I'm saying, y'all, go to therapy, deal with your mess, deal with your baggage, deal with your parent that hurts you. And deal with the fact that stuff has happened to you. Get past it so you can really see who you are in God. Let that baggage go. Talk about it. It's your testimony. Me telling you I'm confident. Me talking to you about my father and my struggles with that is my testimony. If I never if I never talked about it to you, that would be a disservice to, I feel like God, because he allowed me to go through this, through that, my childhood to bring this to you, to be able to know what it's like to be, be in relationship with him. So share your testimony. Like y'all got to stop feeling like your testimony isn't good enough, no matter how dark it is, no matter how bad it is. So I'm going to go into kind of what, um, I did in my quiet time this morning. I've been reading through. So the month of December, I fasted. And I and God told me to read the book of Joshua. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 
So I went through Joshua and basically what I saw, my interpretation of Joshua was, first of all, let me say this. I don't really read the Old Testament. I'm just getting into it. I'm a New Testament junkie. Okay. I don't read the Old Testament because I don't understand it half the time. I'm starting to understand it now that I'm getting into, you know, other translations and all of that kind of stuff. So, and I also feel like sometimes the Old Testament didn't, doesn't relate to what I'm going through in my life. So I never saw a real reason in reading it, but now I'm seeing, oh man, the Old Testament was the layout of God's love to the New Testament when he brought Christ, which is a whole nother story. So we ain't finna go there. But anyway, I was reading Joshua and this is not a bashing of the Old Testament either. So do not misinterpret what I'm saying. But I was reading Joshua and just the amount of knowledge that I got from reading it. What I saw was basically, to give a long story short, Joshua was the, um, I guess you could say, the person that came after Moses, um, after the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt, and they had to get to the promised land. God, because the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, those children that were brought out of Egypt did not get to see the promised land. That, that generation died off. The next generation after them was the generation of Joshua. And I'm not a Bible teacher, but Joshua was the one that was under Moses um, that led the children of Israel into the promised land. The promised land was inhabited by all these other nations and um, other people that did not serve God. And so God basically told the children of Israel to go and go and take the land, but kill off all these people because basically God didn't want the children of Israel to um, mingle with these other nations because they didn't serve God. He wanted his children to serve the Lord, but he wanted to give them everything that he had promised them. So what so what I got from the book was basically like God's promise to me is to get everything the devil tries to take from me, but I need to stay in line with him. And so basically throughout the whole book, God said, go inhabit this land, but kill these people. So for one, it made me think the main, the main one playing for real. Like he was like, go kill these folks, go take what I promised you and I will give it to you. I'm going to give you everything you have and everything I want for you to have is yours, but you got to go fight for it. And they, throughout the book, some would, some nations would like, they wouldn't um, come to God and ask him what to do. They wouldn't ask him for the strategy. They wouldn't ask him for how they should kill the people. They would just kind of go do things. Some of them, even there were some, some um, nations that were, they knew the children of Israel were of God. And they tried to basically like mingle their way into making it seem like they were friends with them. And so the children of Israel, because they didn't consult God, fell into it. So some some of the nations ended up um, being in the land with them when God told them they weren't supposed to be. So basically it was like a thorn in their flesh, a thorn in their um, a thorn to them. But anyway, when I go on to say this is basically what I'm saying is I learned so much about obedience to God and going to God for the strategy. 
and learning how to not halfway obey God, which can be a struggle. Because when I feel like I've been disobedient, I feel like the Lord be mad at me because he was he wasn't playing with them folks. He was like, y'all need to obey me. And because you're not obeying me, I'm taking um, uh, he would just like he would promise them stuff like there was when I was now I'm in judges. And basically what happened was the children of Israel. He told the children he told the rest of the children of Israel after Joshua died to go finish inheriting the land because it was so much land. And um, I'm trying, I'm going to get to my point in a minute. Just let me talk through this. So he basically told them go inhabit this land, but they would go inhabit the land, but they wouldn't kill everyone. So it was like half obedience. And basically what happened in the scripture I wrote down was judges two and three where God sent an angel down to them and he, the angel spoke and said, therefore I said, I will not draw, um, Oh, the people, these are the people that God had told the angel to go tell the people because they didn't, um, kill the inhabitants of that land that God said, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your side and their gods will be a snare to you. And God looked up what snare means. And it basically means like, um, a way to tempt or always around. And so what it made me see is when we're disobedient to God, or even if we halfway obey God, it's like the Lord will say, I don't want to give an example that, oh, uh, you, uh, God tell you get out of that relationship, but you still like, text the person y'all not together but y'all texting or y'all not together but you may still be having sex with them or y'all not together but you still stalking their page or and not saying this as a condemning but it's like when God tells you to do something he wants both your feet in obedience not one foot in one foot out so in listening to that and again like I said I'm not condemning people because I'm going into where I'm going into my message of what I'm where why I was so overwhelmed with emotion is I was like okay Lord well sometimes I feel like I disobey you and like if I get into it my husband I may say something crazy to them man and I feel bad but I say that to say like I I feel horrible when that happens because I know that that's not my role as God's daughter and so when I feel disobedient to him I or not disobey God, or I feel like I'm not good enough, or I'm not doing a good job. I feel like the Lord is angry with me. So I went on to read in Romans and cause I think I looked up a scripture. I was, I think I looked up. Um, so what happens is when I'm reading something or I'm reading a subject, I look up scriptures on Google related to that subject. So I looked up scriptures on disobedience and what came up for me is Romans um, let me get this scripture for you. Romans three and 23 for all have sinned and will fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace makes freely us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus, who, when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. So I'm no Bible teacher, but I'm going to try to explain this to you the way that I interpreted this. First of all, it made me think I'm going to fall short. 
hold on y'all because I'm getting messages I'm going to fall short I'm going to not be and I'm going to be in a place where I'm going to disobey the Lord not to say that my disobedience is intentional because a lot of times it isn't and sometimes it is sometimes I do what I want to do but I fall short I will fall away from God sometimes I will make decisions that may not line up with who God is God is perfect I'm not perfect I'm going to be imperfect. However, God does not look at me in a way where my imperfection separates me from him. When I accepted Christ, Jesus paid the price for every sin I will ever commit. So when I when God looks at me, he looks at me in my perfect nature because he doesn't see my sin. That's where it comes in the line of forgiveness when the Bible talks about if we ask for forgiveness, he is just to forgive us for grace. We have grace. We have the God doesn't see Rosalind, Rosalind sins. That's why the Bible says he can look at us and forget all of our sins. He looks at me in my perfection, the way he made me. So when I'm thinking to myself, God, I'm not good enough in your eyes. I'm not great. You know, I'm I'm sad, Lord. I don't feel good enough or the devil is beating me up. I'm not walking in grace or God's not even looking at me like that, like looking at my sin. I'm holding on to my sin and my my um, unforgiveness. I'm not walking in my salvation. So. When I say this to say, if you're depressed or sad, God doesn't look at you as a bad child. If you're depressed because of a relationship, God is not looking at the fact that you messed up in this relationship. He's looking at his child and wants you to know that he has you. But the problem is we don't accept the grace. So what I got basically from that is God sees us in the fullness of who we are because of his son. We're worthy in God's eyes because his son already paid the price for us. If you struggle with pornography, if you struggle with homosexuality, if you struggle with, and I won't even say struggle because sometimes we're okay in our sin, but if you go to God and start turning your heart to him, those things that you are thinking that aren't okay will fall off. He looks at us Fully in the way that he looked when Christ paid the price when we accepted Christ. You have to still accept Christ because if you don't, if you haven't accepted Christ as your savior, this is not going to apply. But when we accept God, he looks at us as his child because he's like, okay, she has accepted my son. She is now in the fullness of walking with me. I see them as perfect. We have, and I, I wish I had the scripture that talks about us being redeemed because it said we're justified and justified basically meanings um let me find what it says we would have we would have we should have gotten the portion of that is supposed to be handed to us when we sin against the lord the children of israel didn't have christ to like god had to send angels and prophets to tell them if they were messing up or doing wrong we they didn't we don't have to do that anymore when when christ died we gained the holy spirit we have someone with us at all times they wish they had the the spirit of god because when they sin god's spirit will leave them 
but we have the Holy Spirit. Y'all got to start activating in the Holy Spirit. And so what it made me see for myself is my confidence in God is not based on what I do or my performance in him or how I look at scripture or how I do anything. It's, it's solely based on the fact that he looks at me as his child because of Christ. Now, I'm not perfect, but God doesn't see my sin. He sees the child he made. He sees the child that I am in his eyes. So I felt the need to come poor. So praise God for that. I'm an emotional wreck today. But again, like obey the Lord. Now, I do think that there is when I say disobedience, I don't think that there is ever a thing where we should intentionally disobey God, because the thing is, what leads to disobedience is the feeling of emptiness and the feeling of we walk away and we choose idols or we choose people to satisfy or validate us. or we choose our jobs or our degrees or all these things to validate who we are. That is walking, I feel like, in disobedience in the sense of our heart is not turned to God. But when we turn our hearts to God, we have the covering of the spirit to be able to do what it is we're called to do or walk in our jobs and be, you know, who God has made us to be. So, okay, I say all this to say, you know, this is my journey this year. It will be of worthiness. So maybe often on this podcast, I will come and pour out a means of just confidence to you all because you're made whole in God's eyes period when you accepted Christ you were made whole in him at that point however walking out your wholeness takes time there's a a word I think I was reading about I think it was called uh sanctification sanctification is your walking out and basically what my notes say is in my bible it says sanctification is the work of god by when he makes righteous those things whom he whom he whom he has already justified so basically meaning saying that your walk with god is your sanctification making him you becoming right or you putting away certain things that isn't of god or you like have you ever noticed um, I'm trying to give an example of something like when God tells, like, I remember I was listening to, um, Tatum Tamia. She is the, she has a podcast called blessed and bossed up amazing podcast. And she was saying that in 2018, God told her not to drink because she said that she was a person that, you know, partake in wine and just drank just like casually when you come home and you have a glass of wine. And so she said, 2018, God told her at the beginning not to drink. And I, what I got from that statement was she said she went through this whole last year, 2018 walking with God and through her walking with God, a lot of things happened and it was a lot of emotional stuff happening with her in her life that she said she would she knows that she would have probably not probably would have gotten become an alcoholic but in the sense of like come home and drink based off what was happening in her life and when God told her to not drink it made her turn more to God than to other things that would have put pulled her away from God a lot of times in sanctification it is God turning us to him to turn to him so that we don't 
wither and go into things that might um, turn us away from him when we're struggling or having a hard time. So if you are like going through a process where God is helping you turn to turn to him, like I know for me, I have to stay before the Lord when it comes to my confidence, because every other thing that I've used in the past to justify myself with confidence, like pictures or clothes or hair, like I, like I'm being very surface level and not to say that if people do like take care of themselves, that makes them better. But when you when there's an idol in your heart of I have to do this to make myself feel confident, it doesn't fully rest in your identity. My identity is in Christ, so I have to stay before God. So this idea of sanctification is me turning my heart to the Lord to say, okay, my identity is in you. It is not in all these other things. I have to work to turn. That is an ongoing journey. So that's all I really want to say. Like I said, this podcast was random. And again, you know, I just... I I pray for y'all so much because I know that there are people who, when you hear this podcast, please know if this podcast ever touches the ear, your ears, it is because God loves you enough for him to pour out his spirit from me to you. This has absolutely zero to do with Rosalind and everything to do with God's love to you. He wouldn't put and press on me as hard as he is to speak to his children if he didn't love you enough to do it. So please do not think that you listening is by chance or not by a purpose. The Lord wants you. He wants your spirit. He's pursuing you through me talking to you right now. And I think when we realize like God's pursuing of us is out of his sole desire to have a relationship with us, it makes it easier for us to feel like he loves us. So I am going to pray after this. Um, I don't pray often on the podcast. Maybe that's something God wants me to do, but I really feel the need to do that. So I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back. Father God, I come before your throne, Lord, to just first thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for just being the mighty, amazing dad and father that you are in all of our lives. Father, this podcast in particular, Lord, I just want to specifically pray for an uplifting of your grace and confidence on your children. I know oftentimes we feel like we're not good enough in your eyes and we're not we don't fit the standard of the box that we think is appropriate for you to be aligned with you. But when we accepted Christ, Father, we accepted the fact that you see us in our perfection with you. God, thank you for seeing us as your divine masterpiece. Thank you for knowing us and fearfully and wonderfully making us into who we've been called to be for you. I pray for anyone that's struggling right now, that's walking in a way that they may not feel aligns with you, that they turn their heart back to you, Father. You are such an amazing Father that you so much, when we begin to even begin to desire to turn our hearts to you, you begin to change us. I pray that when they turn, they stay rooted in your love, stay rooted in your grace and stay rooted in your favor and the things you have for them. I pray that if they're seeking a therapist, that you align them with someone that can really work through all the trauma and all the lack of confidence and the things that they might be struggling with. 
God, you are so divine and amazing. We thank you that you have even allowed the words that I'm speaking because I know that they're the Holy Spirit pour out to your children, begin to stir their hearts up to want to come to you. If they're crying and shedding tears of joy right now from just hearing this, God, I pray that those tears take all the things that the enemy has tried to take from them away and move, begin to move his, his, his negative tactics and things that might have caused them to feel fear or feel shame or guilt or depression or anxiety or anything that may have tried to turn them away from you back to you, God. We have the power. We have the dominion. And God, we are going to fight to be able to be the children of God that you have called us to be. And so I stand in the gap for them right now. And I ask that your spirit just rest on them. Give a blanket of love and encouragement to them today, Lord God. And if whenever they feel upset or sad or not confident, Give them back to this podcast to hear this prayer, to know they are made whole in you and that they are your children. They are your daughter. They are your son, God, and they are made perfect in your eyes. And so these things I thank you for. I praise you for. I speak uh, just a word of anointing on their lives of love and peace and joy and kindness and meekness. If they're feeling angry or hurt right now, feeling by you, God, I pray that this podcast helped them to see and not look at you as if you're a God that is against them, but a God that is for them. I thank you for this time, God. I thank you for them listening. And it's in your son, Jesus name. I pray. Hallelujah, Lord. And amen. Okay, y'all, I love you. And I will talk to you soon. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.